Welcome back. Today, our topic is going to be a little bit different. We are going to be talking about those crappy, sucky, stinky aches, pains, and injuries, which have a very wide range of problems. It can be an acute, you know, injury or it can be a chronic injury. It can be just, you know, a simple ache and pain throughout the day. And I'm going to give you today some information that's going to be a little bit non-traditional and some ideas for you to think about, to kind of think outside the box if you are struggling with acute pain or chronic pain, just to kind of look at things a little bit differently. This isn't actually something I had personally dove into myself until I developed my own hip issue. I have been diagnosed with avascular necrosis, which basically means the top of my hip bone is not getting an adequate amount of blood supply. I will kind of explain this whole process. I do have an entire episode on this. It is episode 90, and I kind of explain my situation there. But basically, the top of the hip bone, as I mentioned, isn't getting enough blood supply. So the bone is basically disintegrating, and eventually I will have to have a hip replacement. I have been doing some things in the meantime For this diagnosis, typically it progresses within several months to a year to a year and a half. And a couple months ago, I was really, really struggling. I got to the point where I was struggling walking. And some of the ideas I'm going to share today are what I've done in the last few months. And I have almost eased back into majority of the things I'm doing, not all of them. I'm going to be realistic and say there's some things I just simply don't do anymore, but I've eased back into a lot. And I will say I contribute a lot of that to some of these maybe non-traditional outside of the box things that you may have heard of but don't know much about. And I didn't necessarily hear about them from a surgeon or from like a mainstream doctor, but I can say either one of them, a couple of them, all of them combined has helped improve my situation. Now, I know my situation is a little bit different in that it's partly an issue of the bone, but along with that, I do have arthritis and they think that that has happened because of the bone issue. So I've developed some arthritis on the hip and I also do have a torn labrum and that's because of the arthritis. So it's like a domino effect where one thing affected another thing affected another thing. I also had tendonitis in my glute because my glute was trying to overcompensate for some of the strain on the front of the hip. And so I think some of the things that I'm doing, and I will explain, has helped improve the supporting ligaments and tissues and muscles. So it has taken some of the strain off my hip, which has helped it slightly improved. It will not be a long-term fix, but in the meantime, it has helped me. So it made me realize I want to share it with you. If you have a acute injury, something that just maybe plagues you for a couple of days, I'm going to give you ideas, or even just a day or two. If you have a chronic injury that keeps coming back, something with a muscle or a ligament or a tendon, I hope I'm going to give you some ideas today on how to deal with that. And truthfully, if you have friends or family or people who struggle with this, send them this episode because I would have loved to know this information in one source. I gathered all this information from researching like a lunatic and talking to all different kinds of people and realizing, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. And at the end of the day, some of the stuff that I share today, it may not work. And that's okay because to me, no harm, no foul. It was worth trying. And I'm okay with that. And to be honest, I can't even prove that it's not the placebo effect that's helped my improvement. 
but I will take the improvement and gladly be happy with it and run with it, not literally run, but, you know, work on it and be thankful for it. So it doesn't matter what kind of aches or pain or chronic injury you're having. I think this episode will be helpful for you. Before we get started, though, today's review, again, if you love this episode or any of my episodes, I really appreciate if you write a review. It helps the podcast grow. It helps encourage me, and it helps us get on more amazing guests. Today's review is by Nurse Yarn. It's Nurse Y-E-R-G, and it's called So Awesome. I've struggled with weight my entire life, even as a child. Listening to your podcast regarding nutrition has been a game changer. It helped me realize I fear certain foods, and it has allowed me to mentally shift my relationship with those foods. I also have been able to educate my daughter so she can have a healthy relationship with food. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much for writing your review. Remember, the purpose of this podcast is for us to find tiny, simple ways to make our life better physically mentally, emotionally, shift our mindset, heal and improve, you know, injuries or chronic pains, learn about new subjects, but to do it in a simple way. So I love that review because I hope you come to the podcast every week and you learn something simple that you can add into your life and that it makes it better. And it helps you see as an individual that you're more powerful that you think that tiny steps add up. And today, those tiny steps are all going to be about adding or changing up a few tiny things to improve any aches, pains, and injuries we have. All right, let's get into it. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here and I hope you stay a while. Okay, now before I do get started, I do want to say the ideas I'm going to give you, some are medical-based, some are just you mentally shifting, and some are advice for dealing with um, doctors or MRIs or just being aware of what to look for. So there is going to be a variety of topics. So if some of them you're like, oh, that's not a fit for me, I'm not on board, I would suggest listening to all of it because I am going to give different ideas that maybe are non-traditional and looking at how to approach any chronic or acute injuries or aches and pains. The first one that I want to talk about is PRP, and that stands for platelet-rich plasma. This is something that I've only done two treatments of so far. I have personally noticed an improvement. Plasma is the liquid part of your blood. So it's mostly water and protein, and it helps your red and white blood cells and the platelets move through your bloodstream. The plasma is also known to play a role in healing. So the platelets in your bloodstream contain growth factors, and scientists, and you know I linked my sources. I am going to talk about a few different things, and there's going to be three three or four different studies in the show notes for you to actually look at the research. And so you know I'm not just speaking in midair. I I did back this with the research. But scientists believe that injecting PRP growth factors from your own blood into the injured area will help tissue repair itself by causing new cells to form. So basically what's happening is, at least when I went in, and this is how it works overall, is 
The goal is to use your own blood to help repair your own damaged tissue. So you're going to go into the doctor's office. You can look in your area for anyone who does PRP. It's called PRP therapy. And they're going to draw your blood. And then they basically, in simple terms, spin it in the sink, separate the blood from the plasma. And then the doctor will inject the plasma into the affected area to hopefully help it speed the recovery process and make your body do the work. So it's not anything foreign. You're literally putting back in your own blood separated. So the plasma separated from the white and red blood cells. So it's not a supplement in the fact that it's man-made, if that makes sense. PRP injections can treat torn tendons, tendonitis. So remember I mentioned I have tendonitis in my glutes. So that's one of the areas that I've been injecting the plasma into. I've also been injecting it down the side of my leg, um, towards the front of my hip. There's a lot of ligaments in the front of the hip, so I'm kind of careful of that. So we kind of do it all in that area. It can help with muscle injuries, arthritis-related pain, and joint injuries. Basically, most acute injuries, and I've even know some people who have said it has helped with, obviously, torn ligaments and such. Some doctors even use it after surgery to help the healing process. So maybe you have a surgery on a tendon or ligament, and then you can do PRP afterwards, which is supposed to help the process. Maybe that ligament was too far gone that you did need the surgery, but PRP can help the healing process. And I bet you've heard of, or maybe not, a vampire facial. Dermatologists use this to basically inject the plasma into your face to help it repair and help the skin. And that's what this is. A vampire facial is basically PRP treatments in your face. There is also some information that it helps with hair loss. I linked studies on all of those so you can look at the studies. I have no experience with doing the vampire facials, injecting in my face or my hair, but I found research saying that it did do both, and those studies are linked in the show notes. Now, I will say that this hasn't been proven by the FDA, so know that I am giving you my personal experience and information I've researched. There have definitely been studies on it and preparations of approval by the FDA, but not all sources of PRP are approved. In my experience, I was told, even by the doctor and, you know, even people on Instagram said, you should try PRP with the hip issues you're having. And mine is a bone issue, but as I mentioned, I have a ligament issue. I have tendonitis in the back. I have a lot of things going on because the bone is stressed. So my goal is, how can we fix everything around the bone? Because the bone... We can't stop at this point. We can't stop it from struggling, but I can try to fix everything around it. So there are some cool studies about PRP, and I'm going to share one of them. One of them took 14 randomized controlled studies with a total of about 1,400 participants, and it tracked their pain level, their physical function, and any adverse effect from PRP. And for the pain levels, it compared it with the placebo. So one group had the placebo, one group had the actual PRP injections, and the people with the PRP injections significantly reduced their pain in their follow-up appointments. For the physical function, they compared the controls with the people who had the injections, and also their physical function also improved. And then they compared the adverse effects. And some of the people did experience adverse effects with the PRP, but these were no more significant than those who did the procedures or who didn't do it because those who didn't do PRP still had adverse effects from the injury. So it didn't really offset. For me personally, I was also told, and just so you have a heads up, oftentimes after you do PRP, 
There can be soreness in the area. There can be bruising. I had a PT tell me, you're going to be super sore the next day. Like it's going to be really stiff, almost like you had surgery, even though it was just injections. My personal experience, I didn't experience that. I think what I experienced was kind of rare because I woke up the next day and felt no different. I felt totally normal. In fact, I felt my leg felt better, to be honest. But most of the people I've talked to, and I've talked to a decent amount of people about PRP before I wanted to um, talk about it on the podcast. And a lot of them did experience bruising or soreness afterwards. Also, if you do PRP, you do have to stop taking certain medications that thin your blood because plasma does help create blood clots. So you're not trying to thin it. So you're going to want to stop taking aspirin, ibuprofen during the injections. And you may also need to take a break from certain vitamins or supplements such as omega-3 fatty acids. Whoever does your PRP injections, they should tell you all these things. They should give you all this information. So it's not like you're going to be in the dark. They're going to explain these things to you and tell you what not to do and what to do. They also mentioned for me to take my workout routine down a little bit. So not to go like 100% all the time. I more went to like 70% of, you know, 60 to 70% of my workout, like as in like the challenge of it. But I noticed an improvement. Again, I can't guarantee it was just the PRP because I'm going to list a couple of things I've done in this episode, but I really liked it. I saw an improvement and I've talked to enough of other people who have as well. Typically, you do have a couple of rounds of it. I think it averages from three to five rounds of PRP, but that's going to vary by person. And my doctor told me if you don't start to notice improvements by two or three times, then it's probably not working for you and you don't need to continue. So the nice thing about these is you pay attention to how you feel. If you're not seeing improvements, then don't worry about it. Move on, do something else. And that's what I like about it is it's actually paying attention to how you are feeling as an individual. I really enjoyed it. I think it's been helpful. And just a heads up, you don't want to get PRP injections if you have abnormal platelet functions or low platelet count, anemia, cancer, or any infection. So there are some variations, but again, the doctor should tell you about that. And you can look up a physician in your area who does PRP therapy. I had it put, as I mentioned, in my glue because I have tendonitis. I had it put around the front kind of my hip and down my leg and I found it very helpful. So if you have a torn ligament, if you have muscle soreness that's continual and it's, you know, been a problem for a while, if you have tendonitis, it might be worth looking into for you. If you have like a one time, oh, I woke up sore in this leg, probably not. But if you're starting to notice it's consistent over a period of time, that muscle or ligament or whatever else may not be healing properly. So you might want to look into PRP as an option. The next one I'm going to talk about is a prescription. You do need a qualified physician to prescribe it to you. Mine was prescribed by a hormone doctor. So you can kind of look in your area for someone who maybe specializes in hormones or maybe someone who does more natural path medicine. Maybe a mainstream doctor can do it. I don't know. That's going to vary based on your area, but it is BPC-157. So BPC-157 is a peptide that helps alleviate joint pain, improves joint mobility, and boosts recovery for injuries. It also can increase vascular flow to the tendons, ligaments, and increases healing, and can help aid in burns. It can make them basically heal faster and increase blood flow to damaged tissues. It's also been shown to have anti-inflammatory and wound healing effects on multiple targeted tissues and organs. 
Okay, so you're probably wondering, okay, what is this BPC-157? They've nicknamed it the Wolverine Stack, and that's because it basically is your body, the supplement is a peptide, which your body already makes. It's basically trying to get your body to heal itself. So like Wolverine from the X-Men, how he heals himself, that's why they've nicknamed this supplement this, because it can do that. I shouldn't say supplement. I should say prescription. There are different forms of it, which I'll talk about, but it's derived from proteins found in digestive juices, and it is also referred to as stable gastric pantodeca peptide due to the fact that it remains stable in the humic gastric juices. So it's naturally made in your body. We're trying to add more in, and we're trying to make your body heal itself. Again, it's kind of like the PRP where we're trying to make your body heal itself. So it's a little bit different than just taking like a man-made medicine. It's also known, which is kind of interesting and I didn't know it's known to help prevent stomach ulcers so it can be a great catalyst for healing inflammatory IBS and it can also help treat as I mentioned burns it increases blood flow and it even increases collagen production and it can repair ligaments and tendons to bone damage Now, again, this is kind of new. I talked to a bunch of people who noticed a huge difference with it, but there isn't a crazy amount of research. The research I did find, I put in the show notes, and I've talked to some people who said it made a huge difference for them, and my personal doctor said some people it really does make a difference for and some people not. But I look at it as it's my body trying to heal my body, and I'm okay with that. And if it doesn't work out, I have nothing to lose because my only other option is just allowing it to get worse. So I'm happy to try to find ways to make it better. And if you do have a chronic, you know, ache or pain or injury, you're probably at that point too. So in my opinion, it's worth trying. It has also been seen to improve wound and muscle healing, and it has a lot of other benefits as well. Most people particularly like it, as I mentioned, because it is using healing components that are natural in your body. And so it is touted by a lot of people as being super effective. I know for PRP, a lot of um, celebrities and bigger people love it. I personally have had a good experience with it and I've had a good experience with the peptide. One of my best friends, her husband had a labrum tear in his shoulder and he did start taking BPC-157, and he noticed a huge improvement. I personally have noticed an improvement, so I think it's worth looking into. You should always do your own research on both of these things that I've mentioned. You should always do your own research. I added research notes, but you should be comfortable with what you're doing. Just because I let you know about it doesn't mean you should automatically do it. It means that it's something on your radar that you might want to look into and decide for yourself. And one last thing about BPC-157 is there is some research showing that it can help heal the gut. So that's something to think about besides, you know, muscle injuries or ligaments or inflammation or muscle tears is that it has been shown to do that. Now, with this supplement, you can take it as a capsule or an injection. I am doing the capsule. The capsule, when you take the capsule, it kind of goes all over the body, like to try to help your body heal itself and to, you know, fix some of the things you have going on internally. An injection, if you have an acute injury, like it's at one spot, not an acute, but like it's at one spot, you might want to try the injection. I do a capsule. I take one every day. I have now for two months and it's kind of easy for me. And because I have multiple kind of things going on in a similar region, but there's still a lot going on, I kind of feel like it's helping overall. But if you have something that's just in one spot, you might want to try an injection. And again, for this, you do need a qualified physician to have this prescription written for you. 
Another thing that I do want to share, because these are both maybe a little bit more extreme options, if you just have a simple ache and pain that you're like, oh, I woke up today and my muscle sore, an idea that I've been that I've used and I do like is my Soul CBD's the Rapid Relief Cream. It's 1500 milligrams of CBD and it uses methanol as well to help heal. I'm a big fan of their products. I know you've heard me talk about their sleep gummies, which I swear by. I love their sleep gummies. I love their product because it's organically grown. There's no THC in it and it is been high quality for me. I had a back problem a couple months ago and my back I just woke up and it was hurting for a couple days and I rubbed that on and I felt better like really quickly my husband the same thing he worked out his hamstrings one day and his hamstrings were just on fire and he put that on and he said he woke up the next day and they were fine again this is something that you personally want to look into but I like it I think it's helpful I do have a code with them it is for 15% off and it's code simple and you can go to www.mysoulcbd.com we'll add that in the show note but if you have just like an acute pain or ache or just you're sore one day The Soul CBD cream can be useful for that before you obviously try these bigger things. And it's just over the counter and is a pretty easy option for day-to-day aches and pains. And I personally found it helpful, as has my husband. And again, 15% off, code simple, and it is mysoulcbd.com. All right, so now let's get into, I kind of gave you some ideas for, I want to say prescriptions or supplements or like treatments. Let's talk about some things that aren't those. Let's talk about some ideas to bring improvement that are about who you see or what you do. The first one I'm going to talk about is finding the right PT. Now, by PT, I'm talking about a physical therapist. When I started having hip pain, I went to a handful of PTs. And let me explain why I switched. I pay very close attention, as should you. I know some people, their insurance sends them to certain people, but I'm sure there's still a handful of people to pick from. And I want to tell you, don't be scared to change PTs if you don't feel like they are advocating for you. So for me, I felt like some of them were going through the motions. I noticed that I didn't feel like they were totally listening to me. I noticed they were doing the exact same thing every time I came in. I paid very close attention that if I told them a problem and then how they responded or the exercise they gave me, if they came in and just had me run through the motions or I just felt like a number, I switched. And it's that simple because I needed to fix the problem. So when you are picking a PT, if you pick someone and you don't feel like they are truly trying to figure out the problem, switch. If you are with a PT for an extended period of time and you are not seeing improvement, switch. It's very important. The other part to that, which is going to be a little bit different, is something I wish advice that I had gotten is I was seeing a PT for like seven months before I got an MRI. I actually personally, and this is my personal experience, I regret that because I'm trying to fix a problem that I couldn't really fix in some of the things that they were doing. They were guessing what the problem was. And if I had just gotten an MRI, then I was able to go to a PT after that. And he recognized, we're not going to fix your hip, but we can try to make the muscles around stronger. So I think about all that money I wasted going to PT, trying to like fix ligaments and stuff when that wasn't even the problem. And my neighbor started having some hip pain. And I basically told her, hey, Get an MRI first so you can go to a PT with a real knowing what is really going on. 
Now, I know some PTs are not a fan of that because sometimes MRIs will point out things that you don't really need to know or don't really need to fix. And then if you take it to a surgeon, a surgeon's like, you need surgery. I do get that. So there are two sides to the coin of not jumping the gun and finding out what's going on internally and trying to do it through PT or doing PT for so long, not seeing improvement and not going to get the MRI. So you are going to find the happy balance for you. But I do want you to be aware of that because I had a handful of PTs say, no, you don't need MRI. You don't need MRI. And I wish, I wish that when I didn't see improvement over, you know, a month or two that I had just had one of them say, maybe you should get an MRI. And no one said that to me until the very end, until I switched PTs. And then we found out I had like a major, <laughs> a major diagnosis, which is like rare in the United States. Like there's only 10 to 20,000 people who get diagnosed with AVN, which is avascular necrosis, a year in the USA. And we're trying to fix all these things. And I'm spending all this money that I wish someone had said that. So if you are having chronic pain, if you are seeing a PT, if you are not seeing improvement, get an MRI, figure out what's going on, and then go back and start working on the problem. I have been so much more effective now that I knew what was going on and I was able to modify correctly based on my needs and not guessing that it was very helpful for me. That will vary by person. I do suggest not just jumping the gun and getting an MRI and being aware that sometimes when you do get an MRI, you'll have a surgeon that will say, you need surgery. And I'll tell you, that's not always true as well. I had knee issues. I had ACL surgery in 2007. And back in about 2014, I started having knee pain again. And I did get an MRI and I went to one surgeon and he said, you need a scope. Your meniscus is torn. You need it fixed. If you do get an MRI and you realize, oh, I have a real injury, go to a surgeon. But I'm going to tell you to go to more than one surgeon. I went to three surgeons. One of the other surgeons said, I don't think that you need surgery. I think we should try a few different routes. I think we should try PT first. And he did an injection where he kind of filled some of the gaps in my cartilage in my knee. And that was in 2014. I've never had a problem since. So I'm thankful that I got more than one opinion because I went with a doctor where I didn't have to have surgery and I've never had a problem. And that is now eight years ago. So I am thankful for that as well. So there is kind of a mix in this, but I want you to realize whether you get an MRI, whether you don't, whether you see a surgeon, whether you see a PT, to advocate for yourself and don't be scared to get more than one opinion. With my hip, I have now seen four doctors. One of them told me something very, very different than the other ones. Three of them were pretty much in line with what they said. But one of them basically told me I needed to schedule surgery now. (laughs) And I don't. I don't. I'm still super functional. The other surgeons were like, you do not need surgery right now. Do not get surgery right now. Wait until it's to the point where you can't do your daily functions. But I wouldn't know any of that if I didn't get multiple opinions. I am aware that that costs money to get more than one opinion. But I also want to point out it might be worth trying to save and trying to sacrifice for that because you only get one body. We don't want to make a mistake with it. And even if you get one appointment, it's helpful. It's like with, you know, pelvic floor therapy. I tell people all the time, I get if your insurance doesn't cover pelvic floor therapy, go once. Go once, get a professional's opinion, and then go from there. But that one visit could be worth its weight in gold. It is worth sacrificing maybe eating out or, you know, this or that. And I know that varies. I know that 
financially there is such a bandwidth of what people can afford and not. But just think about that and think about what it's worth to you and if it's worth more than other things. And that's going to vary by person as well. The last thing I want to talk to you about is non-traditional movements branching out around that chronic pain or aches and pains. Now, if it is acute, which means it's short term, you're just sore, just take a day off. It's not a big deal. You might need to take a couple days off. I have right now a coach on my team and she was playing basketball and her knee was hurting and she took a couple days off and went to one PT appointment and now she feels great. Totally fine. Great for her. If it is something that is more chronic, you're realizing it's a real issue, you're realizing you need to work around it, I want to say, I feel you. I'm there with my hip. This is never going to go away. This is going to be part of my life, and I am going to have to figure out how to branch out and work around it until I'm to the point where I need it replaced. And I'm going to give my all in that process. So the number one thing you need to do is research. Research different ways to work your body based on your injury. Ask your PT. Ask, ask, ask. Like I asked the doctors. I asked the PT. I literally make a list of questions before I go in (laughs) so I can ask them. I probably make them crazy. But I learned so much in the process. For example, my PT even gave me a suggestion of like some equipment to use to work around my injury, which has been really nice. And I'm going to tell you some of those as well for me. Now, I know my injury is different because mine is with the hip, but I'm hoping that it generates some ideas for you, whatever you have going on that you can think, okay, I need research. I need to work around it. I don't need to give up and I don't need to feel stuck. I just have to, you know, come out of the box, take a bigger step, look at the scene and figure out how to make it work with what I can do and be okay with that. There's going to be days that you beat yourself up like, I can't do this. For example, I can't do a deadlift anymore. I don't think I'll be able to do a deadlift again. And I, I've had to come, <laughs> I've had to have a come to Jesus moment where I'm like, this is over. The deadlift is over. I'm going to have to do other things. I am able to do a hex bar, which is a, a different style of a deadlift. I'm not able to load it as much, but I'm learning like if I stagger my feet slightly that it kind of can add more weight onto the body without overloading the weight. Because when, with my issue, when I put too much weight on, it puts too much pressure on the hip. And so I can do a little bit lighter late if I use single leg movements and it can still work the muscle decently well. There's a lot of things like that. So you're going to need to experiment. For me, I noticed I experimented with my types of cardio. So if you have a leg, a lower body injury, you might want to experience with what styles of cardio feel good for you. I, shockingly, used to walk a lot and answer emails. And that was one of the things I cut out. And I think it made a huge difference because it was a continual pounding motion, even though I was walking on that hip. So I've switched to a bike. I slightly tilt my pelvis. So it kind of deloads my hip and I have no problems on a bike now. For someone else, a bike might be the trigger and you may need to switch to walking or swimming or something else. So try to like do different things because you might find something that works for you that while it may not be your favorite thing, it's better than nothing. I also have to be aware of hip flexion. So if you have an injury where it involves any sort of flexion, maybe it's you know bicep tendonitis or an issue with your hip or hamstrings or whatever it is, bands can be a really great idea for me for hip flexion. I, I just released my own band line. I will add the link for those. It's a set of five, but I do a lot of band work because I'm able to not bend my hips. That's what hip flexion is, is when basically like you bring the hips down together, like in a squat, you know how the hip bends and your knees bend and your glutes sit back. That would be a hip flexion movement. 
With bands, I'm able to sidestep. I'm able to do front leg raises. I'm able to do back leg raises. I'm able to do even hip thrusts with them. As I mentioned, I did release my bands last week. It's a set of five long resistance bands. They're super thick. I love them so much. I'll add that link in the show notes. But if you're someone who works out at home or you feel trapped and you're like, I can't possibly, maybe you can't, you know, grip weight. Maybe you can't hold a dumbbell. And you're like, I can't exercise because I can't hold a dumbbell. Use bands. It's a perfect way to think outside the box. For me, I can grip weight, but I can't do hip flexion. So I'm using bands. If you're someone who maybe has a boot on your foot, you may want to think of more sit-down exercises. So even bands, you can do leg extensions. You can go to the gym and do leg extensions. You can do prone thigh lifts. You can do kickbacks. You can do things sitting on a bench or laying on a bench for like your upper body. You may just want to focus on the upper body if that's the issue. But there's all different kinds of things where depending on where the injury is, you can kind of work around them. Something else that I found that I really like is something called monkey feet. I know this sounds weird, but it's basically a a little thing you hook on your shoe and it hooks onto a dumbbell. So I can do kickbacks and leg raises and all these things as well with this item called monkey feet. I'll link it in the show notes as well. And I'm able to work my hamstrings and my claws and my glutes without hip flexion. What you need to modify and experiment and research is going to vary and be different for everyone, but I think it's really important to take the time and do that. And I found a couple things that work for me, and it's been a hard road, but I don't doubt that you can find a couple things that work for you. In this process, you do need to pay attention to how you feel because as you're researching and trying to find new ideas to keep the muscle strong around an injury, while rest may simply be the option, sometimes you can do these other items, but you need to pay attention to how you feel. Some days I wake up and I can do hip flexion. Great. If that's the case, I'll add one workout, one exercise in with hip flexion, and then I'll do some of my modifications. If I wake up and I don't feel great, I don't force it. And I don't want you to force it either. Some days you just need to take the day off or you just need to say, I can't do that. And that's okay. It's okay. Now, I know I spit a lot of information out on you. I know I talked about PRP. I know I talked about BPC-157. I mentioned even just over-the-counter stuff like my Soul CBE, their rapid relief cream. I mentioned paying attention to a PT and that they're paying attention to you and being aware of surgeons and getting second opinions to make sure you're doing the right thing. And then I also talked about non-traditional movements and taking the time to research, mentioning the monkey feet, mentioning bands, and those are just some of the things I'm learning. I want you to know that I know what it's like to struggle with something that's chronic. And maybe you struggle with gut health or an autoimmune or an injury or a mental health or whatever it is. Life is hard and it's hard for everyone in different ways. But the number one thing I want to tell you at the end of this episode is to not give up. Don't give up. No matter what your trial is, no matter what you're struggling with, you can work around it. You can research, you can experiment, you can pay attention to how you feel. You can look for things that feel good for you, whether it's placebo or not. I don't really care. All of this could be placebo for me. Truthfully, I can say that. I don't care because I feel better. So pay attention to how you feel. You're going to need to do mindfulness to pay attention to how you feel. If you need to learn about mindfulness, go back to the last episode. But you're going to need to come and say, what do I feel? What's working? What's not working? And just be patient with the process. But at all costs, 
all costs. Do not feel stuck. Do not feel like you need to give up. And do not loathe what you're experiencing because it will make you stronger in an aspect you didn't expect. I have struggled with my hip. It's been hard for me because, as I mentioned, it's not a diagnosis that's common. I've always taken really good care of myself. But over recent months, it has taught me my own lesson that I try to push everyone else to think outside the box, to make sure that I am overcoming trials and they are not overcoming me because there's enough things in our life that happen in so many aspects and we can let them win or we can win. But that choice is only ours. We can't control situations, but we can control how we react to them. So that's what I want to leave you with. I want you to know, and I mean it, you are doing better than you think you are, and we will chat next week.